This episode is brought to you by March of Dimes, the leader in the fight for health for all moms and babies. March of Dimes observed National Birth Defects Prevention Month in January, and March 3rd is World Birth Defects Day. But the sad truth is, birth defects happen year-round. Every year, the March of Dimes partners with the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to generate actions women, their families, and care providers can take to prevent birth defects, which affects about 120,000 of the 4 million babies born in the U.S. every year and are a major cause of infant death and lifelong disability. Now, those are scary numbers, I know. But the good news is there are lots of things we can do to increase a woman's chances of having a healthy full-term pregnancy and baby. The theme for 2020's Birth Defect Prevention Month is Best for You, Best for Baby. And you can follow and share hashtag best for you, best for baby on social media platforms. Use the number four. What I love about this campaign is that their message aligns completely with what we talk about here on the podcast, right? So go on over to marchofdimes.org slash PPNP for pregnancy, parenting, and politics. That's marchofdimes.org, PPNP, find best for you, best for baby, and look up their five easy tips any woman can take to increase her chances of having a healthy pregnancy and baby. and you're listening to Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics, the podcast where we talk about all the ways those three huge topics intersect and impact our lives. Now you'll notice I left out the part where I usually say common sense, as in common sense, pregnancy, parenting, and politics, and that's because we're freshening things up a little bit over here. We're shortening our name, changing up our artwork, and doing a wee bit of rebranding. That doesn't mean we're not still all about common sense that's implied. We're just doing a few things to make sure our message in this good long conversation we've been having reaches more listeners. We're still answering listener emails, talking about current events, hashing out the politics of the day, and covering all kinds of pregnancy, birth, and parenting topics, all from a feminist perspective and with all the best people. The only difference you'll notice is that our name is a little bit shorter. So join me, won't you, in welcoming our new title by sharing it with your friends. Okay, so last week's episode was a real long one, and this week I'll keep my rant to a minimum so we can spend more time with our guest. Before we we get her on the line, though, I want to remind you all who I am. I wrote the book, Common Sense Pregnancy, which is available wherever you buy your books. Um, I also wrote Mom's Side of the Story, which we sell over on my website, jeanfaulkner.com. Now, um... I'm real excited about mom's side of the story, and you're going to be hearing a lot more about it going forward. Thank you to everybody who's purchased the journal so far. And what this journal is, is a place for you to write yourself into your child's life story, because it all starts with and focuses on you, your life, your experience, your perspective. And Lord knows, everybody else on your healthcare team is going to be writing down your experience of your pregnancy and your birth. It ought to be you. So go pick up a copy of Mom's Side of the Story over on the website, and we'll get it printed and shipped right out to you. And um, write your own story, ladies. Write it. 
Let's see, what else? Um, we've been putting this podcast out there for four years now, and we've talked about so many topics. So check out our library of episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and chances are if there's something you're curious about or concerned about, we've probably talked about it. Now, last week we talked a lot about the impeachment trial, and this week we're still in the middle of that. So I'll keep my comments to myself until this whole circus is over. Since that episode aired, I've had a family health crisis that was frightening as hell, but ultimately turned out fine. And we've all been hit by the death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and several other families who were in the helicopter with him. My family's near miss and the sudden death of those nine people are a good reminder that life is fragile, it's unpredictable, and it's meant to be lived to the fullest right now. Don't put off doing something you know you want to or need to do because you think you'll get to it down the road. Do it now. Live your life to its fullest now. There may not be a tomorrow. Also, if there's any take-home message from all these tragedies, it's this. Life is too short and too precious to waste it on nonsense. Nurture your relationships, love your people, and do your best with every day. Live it, babies, live it. Okay, time for a real, real quick break, and then we'll get back with this week's guest. March of Dimes has a powerful new campaign, Best for You, Best for Baby, which started in January, uh, which is Birth Defects Prevention Month, and goes all the way to March 3rd, which is World Birth Defects Day. You'll find all kinds of information about their campaign on social media at hashtag best number four you best for baby and find out five simple ways any woman can increase her odds for having a healthy pregnancy and baby. About one out of every 33 babies is born with a birth defect, which can be life altering and even life threatening. Yeah, those are scary numbers, but there are so many things women and their families can do to prevent becoming a statistic. Check out Best For You, Best For Baby on social media. Go on over to marchofdimes.org slash pp and p and be sure to give a listen to two special episodes on February 22nd and February 29th where we talk all about it. Okay, we are back. Um, this week we're talking with Heidi Brockmeyer. She is a fertility acupuncturist with more than... 10 years of clinical experience, and she created a signature online program called the Fertility Activation Method. She has also built a global online community of more than 50,000 women who are eager to learn holistic methods for conception. So let's get Heidi on the line. Hi, Heidi, it's Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie. How are you? I'm great, thanks. I'm excited to be talking to you today. Yeah, me too. Um, Heidi, are you in San Diego, California? Yes, I am. We're in the same time zone. That doesn't happen that often for me. Yeah, that's always exciting. It makes it so easy to schedule things when you're in the same time zone. Yeah, I bet you have sunshine, don't you? Um, yeah, we, we do have sunshine today. It's like partly cloudy. Well, 
here in Oregon, it is about 41 degrees right now, and we're getting finally a speck of a break in the gray gloom, oh, and um, I'm super grateful for it. Yeah, I bet you are. I'm sure it gets old after a while. We enjoy a little gloom down here in San Diego when we get it. Okay. All right. It's a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Send you some sun. Okay. I would appreciate it. We'll do a swap. Okay. Weather swap. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the first question I like to ask guests um, is who are you and what do you do? That's a great question. Who am I? That can get very existential. Yeah, right? Please do. Please do. I I love it when people do. Uh, I don't know who I am. (laughs) I'm actually going through a course in miracles right now. I don't know if you're familiar, but... um, I am familiar. Okay. So it kind of starts with just like breaking down everything you think to be true. So in this moment, I'm like, I have no idea who I am. Good question. (laughs) I am a hologram. Um, But anyways, I'm also a a fertility specialist and uh, I'm an expert in Chinese medicine. So I'm a licensed acupuncturist and practitioner of Chinese medicine and have had a private practice for 10 years where I've seen, you know, hundreds and hundreds of couples and women and help them get pregnant. Um, And then I also have an online program. So now I've transitioned from an in-person practice to helping women all over the world through my online program, um, where I teach women how to use all of my methods that I use clinically at home because most people think of Chinese medicine they think of acupuncture only they think that's what Chinese medicine is but acupuncture is just one of the tools of Chinese medicine there's so much more that you can do and it's basically a way of life and it's more important what you're doing at home in your day-to-day life than anything that you know than any what anybody can do for you in an office visit you know it's really that that guidance so I teach women how to use Chinese medicine in their daily lives, including doing acupressure protocols that are based on my clinical protocols. Um, So that's the work that I do now. And um, yeah, I'm also a mom. I have a 14-year-old son, which is unbelievable. He just started high school this year. So that's been a big transition for both of us and seems to be going pretty well. Um, so, So that's me in a nutshell. All right. So when you're not momming and you're not um, working, what else do you like to do? Well, recently, I got in the last two and a half years, I bought 11 and a half acres of land. Um, I, I actually live just outside of San Diego. I'm about 30 minutes southeast of San Diego in a rural area. I kind of live in the, the in the mountains, like the foothills of the mountains, Um in the high desert and it's, it's really beautiful out here. So I had a house built on the land, like a little 1200 square foot, three bedroom, two bath. And I have a hiking trail that I carved and, and I'm having a couple years built um, for you know, healing space. So I'm involved in a, in a community here and um, where, you know, a lot, there's a lot of sound healing. I'm a musician as well. I like writing songs and playing music with friends and, um, you know, just getting together for the sake of um, having fun and singing songs and facilitating like growth and healing for 
ourselves and each other and, and community. So that's, that's what that I like to do in my lovely. free time. That it's pretty good. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. And you've got a 14 year old son. How is it? How are you doing? That's such a big transition time. And, you know, we've talked about it before on the podcast that 14 year olds are a challenge and sometimes they smell real bad. <laughs> behave poorly and smell real bad How's yeah doing? you know he smells pretty good actually he's pretty on top of his personal hygiene I'll definitely give him that although he does like to you know pass gas and tight quarters on the regular so that's the smelly piece but um yeah we it was definitely yeah. a rough start when he started freshman year I mean I was not that mom who cried when I sent him off to kindergarten. I was just like, yeah, this is great. You know, he's growing up and he's still adorable and little and we've got lots of time left. So I, but I, I feel like I had that reaction with him going to high school, like, oh, like already getting kind of empty nest yeah. syndrome. And then just, yeah. uh, just, I, I had a pretty rough time in high school. So I was also just like, Oh my God, this is where it all goes down. And, um, but he's pretty solid and, you know, it's, and he actually had a really great start, like socially, academically, he's struggling a bit because he's always been a really smart, like academics have always come really easily to him. And then I knew the day that it started to get more challenging, it would be hard for him to adjust because he wasn't used to having to figure it out. So in the last couple of years, that's been the case. And, and, um, so, you know, it's been a matter of kind of consulting some professionals. I'm a single mom as well. So, you know, I, I've got the majority of the decision making and responsibility. And so I reached out for support. <laughs> what do you know? Like, when you ask for support, then it's, it really helps. And, and, um, you know, figured out how to best support him for through learning organizational skills that will set him up for success. And that seemed to just, just knowing, having a strategy that could help him rather than just kind of being, getting like swept away in frustration and feeling out of control has made things so much better for both of us. And, and, uh, and so things are good. We have a really good relationship. He's, he's quite open with me about what's going on with him. And that's, that's really important to me. Well, that's great. You're you're in a you're on a good path there. That's wonderful. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Freshman year is a big one. It can determine a lot. Yeah. So, getting back to your professional life, you know, some of our listeners aren't familiar with Chinese medicine. So, I'm wondering if you can just give us a real brief primer. Sure. So, um Chinese medicine, you know, it's been around for thousands of years and used by billions of people worldwide. So that's one thing I just obviously love about it. You know, it's it's time tested. It's time proven. Um, it's not just a fad. These days, you know, there's there's just so many fads and one minute it's the best thing for you. Then the next minute you find out you've been doing it's all wrong and causing all sorts of damage. So, you know, I just really trust the wisdom of Chinese medicine. Uh, it's also legitimized in the West. And, and you know, there's um, the schooling is, you know, it's a usually takes about four to five years and um, it's a master's program and the, the licensing process is very difficult. You have to go through a lot of testing. So people who are credentialed to practice Chinese medicine really know their stuff. Um, it's just, it's well taught. Uh, 
the the wisdom of the medicine. It's the system is is well taught in the schools, and, and um, so a couple of the basic principles um, that I like to teach people are one one thing that Chinese medicine is based on is the the law. I guess you would say that. Um, when you have free flow, this, this I'm sure it's, um, it gets a little bit lost in translation. It's probably said much more smoothly in Mandarin, much more poetically. But basically, when you have free flow, you have health. But when you have a blockage, you have disease. So really, the, the, the principle of Chinese medicine is to remove blockages in the body, but not just the body, the body, the mind, the spirit, the soul, any, our whole being, it's all connected from a Chinese medicine perspective. There is absolutely no separation between your mind and your body. And, um, and Chinese medicine really understands in such a sophisticated way, the connection between our our emotions, our spiritual health, our mental health. And by spiritual, I don't mean religious. It doesn't conflict with any religious beliefs and there's not really any dogma to it. It's just acknowledging that, that we are spirits and, um, and it, it just understanding the relationship between the whole of who we are and the, the balance between the, the various organ systems. So each organ system um, is related to a natural element, the five elements, fire, earth, metal, water, wood. And so, for instance, the heart is the fire element, whereas our liver system is the wood element. And so the, the Chinese, the ancient Chinese understood the relationship between you know, fire and earth and metal and water and wood and how it applied to everything in nature, everything in the cosmos. So a lot of people think that Chinese medicine is woo woo, you know, that it's not based in science, that it's new agey. It's not new agey because obviously it's really old, <laughs> um, but it is based in science. It's based in observation and the principles of, you know, physics really and the laws of nature. So they observed that, you know, when heat rises and what's true for anything in the universe is true in the body or is true for a single cell as well. So heat rises in the body and therefore it's going to cause certain, um, you know, tendencies in the body and on our emotions and our thoughts and so forth. So Chinese medicine is really based on nature and how that works in our body and, and how, you know, we're we're in relationship with ourselves and the world and and what I love about it so much and what I why I love teaching it to women besides it being so empowering in terms of taking control over one's health and fertility um, is that it you really start to to not only see your your health through a new lens but basically you see life through a new lens and your your relationship to your surroundings and and to your life and I just think it's just so empowering. I've been seeing a Chinese medicine medicine specialist for years and years and years. And I have found that even going in with some pretty traditional medical complications, um, my practitioner just has a more focused perspective on me rather than focusing on tests and treatments and studies and data. She's more focused on, well, what's going on with you? And um, 
And that doesn't mean that she doesn't also prescribe, you know, for instance, my thyroid medication, which isn't woo-woo at all. It's, you know, you get it at your local pharmacy. It means that she's also focused on using things besides pills and surgery to treat issues. And boy, has it been mm. successful. Wildly successful. Wonderful. So I'm curious for you, I, I'm curious about your career path and why you decided to take your practice in the direction of um, fertility and helping women. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought up that point because that is one of the key points of Chinese medicine is that um, with Chinese medicine, we don't treat the disease, we treat the person. And we don't see the person as a disease. We see the person as a whole, but out of balance. You know, we're always relatively... Balance is always relative. No, we're never like meet, you know, get into perfect balance and stay in perfect balance. There's just always this ebb and flow, but to stay in relative balance and it's about bringing that person into balance. And that's what's so empowering about Chinese medicine is because you can learn, you know, how to have a deeper connection with yourself and your body and your health so that you're able to maintain that, that equilibrium. Um, yeah, so uh, and to answer your question about fertility, you know, I my answer is always that fertility called me. I've always been somebody who's I like I do plan somewhat in advance. I mean, I have visions, but I'm just I don't really force anything and I just kind of trust where I'm led and what I'm called to. And I've always been particularly called to supporting women and women's health issues, especially during my training to become an acupuncturist. I remember the first time I gave myself an acupuncture treatment was when I had, I had PMS and I was crampy and I was moody and I had a headache. And, you know, I generally felt that like achy PMS-y feeling. And uh, I put a few needles in and just within minutes, my cramps were gone. And instead of feeling crampy and headachy, I felt all relaxed and, and, blissed out like I had smoked a joint or something and I was just like wow this is amazing this is awesome <laughs> and um and I'd always been frustrated by the limitations of western medicine when it came to women's health and you know of course my friends had all been really frustrated too and you know you go to the gynecologist and pretty much it's just always some kind of drug or procedure and, um, you know, a lot of times the drugs, especially if it's like, oh, you have cramps, well, how about birth control? Or any, if your period's irregular, how about birth control? It's always, the answer is always some kind of synthetic hormone or, um, which, which makes things worse. It's just a temporary quick fix, but has all of these other health complications. And so just the results that I got from that one acupuncture treatment Versus, you know, being put on, having to take some over-the-counter pain relief or, you know, some women are even prescribed uh, antipsychotics because they have PMS, which is just, that I could go off on a tangent with that, <laughs> with that one. Yeah. I'm sure you yeah. could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're not crazy. We're not crazy. So that, yeah. that just really so, lit a fire under me to want to help uh, women specifically, you know, want to focus on women's health. And I also loved how Chinese medicine is so supportive of mental, emotional health issues and 
when I graduated from acupuncture school, I was just like, okay, I just have to start working, you know, somewhere, anywhere. And I found a busy practice and I just happened to cold call them and say, hey, do you need, you know, a fresh acupuncturist who's really enthusiastic and like ready to go? And she's like, well, as a matter of fact, I'm going on maternity leave and I was just going to look for somebody. And they and her practice specialized in fertility. And I wasn't specifically seeking out fertility. And I was a bit intimidated by it because it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty complicated specialty. There's so much to learn and just also on, you know, to integrate the Western approach if, for those that are using fertility treatment or versus, you know, natural, trying naturally. And then um, it's just a very nuanced specialty, but it merged the focus on women's health along with the emotional support. And then of course, you know, there's a few things more rewarding than helping someone get pregnant when they want it more than anything. It's just incredibly beautiful. And by this time, I had had my son and I used Chinese medicine to support my pregnancy and natural birth and postpartum recovery and raising him and through his various health challenges. And so I definitely had a, you know, deep appreciation and my own kind of sacred experience with becoming a mother. So, so, you know, I just, was also blessed to be mentored by the woman who took invited me to join her practice. And she had another associate in between the two of them, they had like 15, 20 years experience. So they mentored me and I was able to hit the ground running right out of the gate and had a thriving practice within a year and just really fell in love with the, with the specialty and with the women that I, and couples that I was supporting and and all of it, you know, the, the excitement, the joy, and even just, being able to, when things didn't go how we wanted them to, just really being able to be a source of support where a lot of these women feel very isolated and aren't able to speak out their their usual support systems because maybe it's their sister or their best friend who's already pregnant and so on. Yeah, yeah, that can be really tricky. Yeah, and it's um, really common that I hear that women are kind of called mm. to the birth industry as I call it, or the, you know, the birth profession in some capacity or another, they're just going along. And then all of a sudden the magnet pulls them. And it's, oh, it's that's so interesting. Consistent. Yeah. So I want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about um, the fertility activation method that tell me about it. Yeah. So in, um, that's the online program that I developed and it's, been around for about seven years now and it started off with more of a focus on the emotional support side of things because it began with you know my patients that would come to me at the clinic and they'd say well what else can I do um, between visits and they were so stressed out and so emotional so I developed this program to help them support themselves emotionally from a Chinese medicine perspective because that would also help them physically and with their fertility because emotions are related to various physical imbalances and you know these emotional blockages can cause fibroids and and hormonal imbalances or be part of the cause at least so it began with a focus on that, along with teaching them some Chinese medicine-based exercises. It's called Qigong. It's like Chinese medicine-style yoga. 
to also help facilitate the flow of energy throughout the body and balance things and remove blockages and so forth. And then it just kind of expanded, um, you know, because like I said, when women were saying, what do, what do I do at home? What do I do at home? And, you know, obviously when they're visiting me in the clinic, I don't have to, I'm focusing on what points I'm going to put, put in them, what, you know, supplements, what herbs to recommend and so forth. And then, then it's time for the next patient. So I'm half time to teach them all the print, everything that I learned in school and all the protocols, you know, they could do at home with acupressure and how they can give themselves moxa and how they can give themselves massages. It's just a lot. So that's when I realized, you know, I can, I can make this program so that they know exactly what to do at home because that will really help them get better results and get results faster. So, it, you know, I started building the program out more and more over the years. And I noticed that the women, my, the clients that came to my clinic that would also do it at home in between the treatments definitely got better results and were getting pregnant faster. And not only that, they were a lot happier. They were more emotionally stable. Their perspective shifted from like, oh my God, is this going to happen? This this may never happen for me to, oh, this is going to happen. I, it's just a matter of time. I know it'll happen. And they feeling empowered and feeling like they understood what this what the imbalance was and they understood what direction they needed to take that and how to get there and that it would take some time, but that they could see the progress along the way. They just felt like way more part of the process and connected with their bodies and the signs that their bodies were showing them. So they knew that it was just a matter of time before they got pregnant, not like, would they get pregnant? And so obviously, you know, that emotionally, emotional stability helps them with their overall health and, and fertility just as much as anything. Do you have any numbers to describe your success? Oh gosh, I get asked that a lot and that's a real tough one. And I personally tried not to get too hung up on that. Although I know we love numbers just because I have such a variety of women that come to me. I mean, I have women in their late forties that haven't had a period in, in several months, you know, so obviously versus a woman who is 31 and she's not getting pregnant because she's been on the the pill for many years and her body is just kind of not back in a rhythm you know so that that woman who's 31 is obviously going to have uh you know a higher chance of success than than a woman who's you know 48 without a period so there's just such a variety and then you know with my online program also it's really hard to track that because you'd be surprised how many how many women don't tell you that they got pregnant They'll like tell me like two years later when they're ready to try for their next one and I'm like you how did why didn't you tell me they just kind of yeah I think it's because you know when they initially get pregnant there's just so much anxiety and they're afraid to say it out loud and so and then they also don't want to talk about it um, you know, in the support group that I have and so forth, because they're, they don't want, they want to be sensitive to the other women who aren't pregnant yet. And then by the time they are feeling secure in the pregnancy, they're kind of like in a new phase of their life and, and have just sort of, I, that's my philosophy anyways, because I, I stay in touch with the women. So I would say at least 50% of the women who, who follow through with, um, 
diligently with it. And of course, that number would fluctuate, fluctuate depending on, you know, what category they fall into. Obviously, my stats of women, although I have so many success stories of women in their 40s who had multiple failed IVF treatments, and we're told that there's no hope by their doctors, the only thing that they could do is an egg donor, and then use my program literally for two months and get pregnant naturally. So it's kind of all over the place. Hmm. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> That's remarkable. So, and you know, once they get pregnant, then they're probably moving on to other practitioners, seeing you know midwives and OBGYNs, and yeah, yeah. How open are traditional? Um, medical practitioners like midwives and OBGYNs and fertility specialists, how open are they to, to your? Um, well, when I was in, in acupuncture practice, the, um, I had great relationships with a lot of the local fertility specialists here. Um, I've shadowed a couple of them as well in their clinic. And um, most of them I find are really open to Chinese medicine. However, they may not be proactive in recommending it, or they may not really understand it, or they think, oh, sure, it's, it will relieve some stress. Um, and they, they just chalk it up to stress relief. Um, not that that's insignificant, but, um, you know, it's more than just stress relief. And, you know, and then there's, there's a couple skeptics that just are very kind of laser focused on their approach. Um, and as far as my online program, I think because it's so innovative and so different that I, um, I haven't heard a lot of feedback from my online clients as to what their doctors think about it. I think their doctors would probably just, you know, it's probably a similar reaction. And it's like, well, Chinese medicine, some would be open-minded and say, yeah, it seems like my patients have had some good responses with that and others would poo-poo it. And so, you know, it, it varies. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Although it does seem like there's more and more wide acceptance, you know, across the board because many practitioners are now recognizing that they they have a limited scope. And when they compare it to thousands and thousands of years and billions and billions of people who practice Chinese medicine, you know, maybe an open mind is a good idea. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it would help take the load off a bit because they're not focused on nutrition and exercise and so forth. That's not their area of expertise. So it's like, let's share Let's share our, our expertise with each other so we don't feel like we all have to know everything, you know. Right, right, yeah. I know that one of the, um, I think it's Oregon Reproductive Medicine up here, uh, employs integrative medicine medical specialists. So they're, you know, they're making big efforts to, to kind of combine practices, which is great. Yeah, it's really smart for them because I'm sure it increases their success rate. Yeah, yeah. So how do you support women if they do not get pregnant? If, and, it, and if they do not get pregnant and they want to keep trying? Yeah, or, or if they decide they don't want to. I mean, that's a big step for women who get to the point where they realize, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen for me. How do you provide support? I wouldn't say that I'm really the one that 
is sought out to provide that support. I think if they've come to that decision, they kind of fall off from my you know, from my messaging because my messaging isn't quite as focused on that. Certainly it's not focused on you can never give up, you know, that I absolutely respect yeah. that decision for women. But I, I, my support is more for the women that are like, Oh my God, I have tried everything and nothing's worked. So I feel really hopeless and it's really hard to believe in my body, but I am still not ready to give up. And I'm afraid that if I give up, I'll always regret it, but I'm just really stuck. I don't know what to do. So that's really where my kind of um, sweet spot is. And just like, well, maybe you haven't tried everything and I can teach you to look in places that you haven't looked yet. And no matter how hard your case is, and if you're not willing to give up, if if you know that at this point, you're not ready to close this chapter yet, then I can kind of help them reignite some hope and belief in themselves. Some, um, I can help to empower them again in the process because, and, and do some of the damage repair that's been done by a lot of the messages that they've received from their doctors or just the feelings that they've got, you know, from, all of the grief, all of the trauma from miscarriages and failed fertility treatments and so on and so forth. I can really support women through that process. And hopefully some of that support and belief in themselves and healing can carry over regardless of what the outcome is, which is, I think it's really important. You know, there's, there's no guarantees on anything in life, but if you can reestablish some faith in your own body and your own mind and spirit taking you in the direction your life is supposed to take you, well, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. That'll bode well for you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's such an advantage of Chinese medicine as well because, you know, they say um, the saying, sell them what they want, give them what they need. And, you know, once women kind of, learn my approach and the Chinese medicine approach and it's yes they're they're signing up because they want to get pregnant but they're getting so much more out of this process than you know getting well getting pregnant obviously is huge Um, but even if they don't get pregnant it's still this you can't you can't not examine your life as a whole you know with this holistic approach and your deepening connection with your body is a deepening connection with yourself, with your soul, with your spirit, because the body never lies, but the mind plays tricks on us. You know, we can't, you can't just believe the mind or just trust the mind. Your mind can tell you one thing, but your body's going to tell you something different. And it's that body's wisdom that it's so important to pay attention to. And especially for, you know, women who've been through so much on their fertility journey, they may have been pushed more and more to ignore how their body feels because that's kind of how a lot of the Western approach, it, it just comes with it. You know, you're, you're ignoring that the body is not producing, not ovulating, you know, or not getting pregnant and you're putting drugs in it and trying to force it to do something that it's not necessarily ready or prepared to do. So rather than listening to that and looking at that, it's just ignoring that and pushing on. So it's kind of unraveling that process. So, and, and in that, it's just inevitable to 
to then, um, you know, look at what about your relationship? Are you doing fulfilling work in this world? Are you able to, you know, are you comfortable setting boundaries for yourself? All of, you know, a lot of these deeper aspects of our, our inner life and our relationship to our life in the world. And, and through that process, baby or no baby, there can be all sorts of gifts or answers that, that come out of it that you was not necessarily why the woman joined the program in the first place, but is leading her to where her soul and spirit and body are want her to be kind of like we were talking about women in the, the, the birthing industry are called to it. It's kind of getting back in touch to that inner calling. Well, we're getting on down to the end of our time together, but I want to ask you a few more questions. Most importantly, what else do you want listeners to know? That's that's a good question. Let's see. What else do I want listeners to know? Well, let's make sure they know how to find you and the um, Fertility Activation Method, the program. So what's your website? My website is HeidiBrockmeyer.com. And I... You better, you better spell it. <laughs> all right. So Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, Brockmeyer, B-R-O-C-K. This is where it gets tricky. M-Y-R-E.com. Yeah, everybody wants to spell that. I miss. Yes, everyone does. No one, yeah. I don't think, has ever spelled the Meyer part the way it's spelled. M Y R E. So HeidiBrockMeyer.com, and um, I have a webinar on there. A free, it's a free masterclass. Um, my number one secret for getting pregnant without drugs or IVF, but it's also relevant if you are seeking out fertility treatment as well. And I have tons and tons of free resources on there on the blog. There's just a lot of information. Um, there's also a fertility activation checklist. So there's lots of goodies there for any, anyone who's on their fertility journey and wants that support. Cool. Okay. You ready for some really hard, but rapid fire questions? Yeah. All right. What role does feminism play in your life? Uh, it plays a pretty big role. It definitely influences uh, my practice and the way that I support women and the way that I view the medical approach.